It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Can, can you hear me all right? Should I put in these uh, head earphones? Or? Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tolist, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here. Check it out the series. Of course, you know what to do. If you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, and you can do so at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have involved, uh, let's see, the band Daughter. We had uh, John Roberts, who voices Linda Belcher on Bob's Burgers. Uh, Dave Davies of the Kinks, Inhaler, Cowboy Junkies, Illinium, Jemima Kirk and Ashley Zuckerman, along with Wyatt Olaf and Chase Sui Wonders to talk about uh, City on Fire on Apple TV+. Uh, we also had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Travis Van Winkle on to talk about FUBAR on Netflix. Uh, and uh, let's see, Phil Collin from Def Leppard, Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's, Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals, Ricky Lee Jones, Brendan Hunt as Coach Beard on Ted Lasso, and so much more. All of those found at the uh, Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest actor, Jason Scott Lee. We're going to delve into his latest film, The Wind and the Reckoning, uh, which is really a groundbreaking movie. Uh, it not only marks the first international distribution of a film spoken entirely in the native Hawaiian language, but also sheds light on the, uh, the war crimes inflicted upon Hawaiian natives uh, by white settlers in the uh, late 1800s. Uh, we're going to discuss his commitment to portraying diverse cultures in his acting career, from his roles in The Jungle Book and Rapa Nui uh, to Disney's Milan and Doogie Kamaloha, MD. Lee's going to share his experiences in telling the stories of various cultures through the film. And he also even reveals a cameo uh, appearance in the upcoming live-action version of Lilo and Stitch, which, of course, he was in the animated. Uh, he did the voiceover work in that one as well. Uh, now, one of his biggest movies, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. So Jason's going to take us on a bit of a nostalgic journey 
uh, reflecting on his uh, really transformative experience embodying the martial arts legend and reflect on the uh, the pro- profound impact of the role he had on his life uh, and and the enduring lessons he still carries with him today. It's all that and so much more. We're going to start out with The Wind and the Reckoning. It's Kyle Meredith with Jason Scott Lee. Aloha from Hawaii. <laughs> Aloha right back to you uh, from sunny Kentucky. It feels like Hawaiian temperatures out there today. Uh, I've been such a fan for so long, such an admirer of what you do. And, and it feels like there's, I don't know, maybe as much happening these days as ever. Um, as um, we'll talk about it later, the geez, 30th anniversary of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Uh, of course, you're coming off the second season of Doogie on uh, on Disney Plus. And then you've got this indie film, The Wind and the Reckoning, which mm-hmm. I got to watch. And and this feels like one of those stories of uh, of sort of like the little film that could in a, in a sort of way, because this is <laughs> like this is now becoming a years long story. Is that right? Yeah, um, we shot in the middle of the pandemic, which is an ironic thing, because the story is uh, about a pandemic in the Hawaiian Islands back in the late 1800s. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it is the little film that could, I mean, it's like no money, um, you know, like scrapping together a budget and um, time restraints. Uh, The film was shot in 16 days. Although when you watch it, you know, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel rushed or it doesn't feel crunched. It feels very kind of open and, and, and big. So we're, we're very stoked. I mean, that, that it turned out the way it actually did because with all the obstacles and the, um, the red tape, you know, doing COVID time. And we were like the first film or first thing being shot after the big, the big uh, COVID-19 hit. And then here it is. And and now it's got, uh, I think, as it pointed out, international distribution, making it the first, what, what is it? The first film with Hawaii, uh, with international distribution that is spoken in a native Hawaiian language? Yeah, I think it is the first native Hawaiian language film to go out there um, in a big way. And uh, I think, you know, the, the people of Hawaii, you know, they, they've been waiting for this for a long time. And I think, you know, we, we were able to pluck the, the right story with the right components and um, a lot of universal principles that uh, adhere to uh, a very human existence. Yeah. And, and that should be pointed out. I mean, we talk about it in that way. In another sense, it's a Western. So, you know, you get this story and set in the uh, what is it, 1800s, early 1900s around around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Error right there. Why? Why did it take so long to put out something like this? Wow, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> um yeah, there, the, like, even okay. Let's say, for instance, we had a we had a big distribution screening in Los Angeles, um, uh, sometime last year. Uh, nobody wanted to pick it up, and they say like, and the the producers were like shocked. They were like. We, we don't understand. It, it, we feel that we have something really nice. It's a really nice film. It's beautifully shot. And uh, they said, you know, the amount of, uh, how, how come all the Korean films are being accepted and, and distributed? And they said, well, you know, there's 75,000 Korean speakers, you know, in, in America. And, you know, how many Hawaiian language speakers are there? And they said, maybe like 3,000. <laughs> So just by the numbers, yeah, and, um, you know, worldwide Korean speakers, it's even a greater force. So, um, you know, it, it's just, was just insane, I think. they, And, you know, just by going by the numbers, they, um, you know, they, they 
they couldn't, uh, I guess, push it for that reason. That was just another obstacle that set in, in its place. And, um, and I think a lot of the stories uh, with the Hawaiian language are not, um, weren't done right or weren't polished enough to uh, really get out there. And I think, you know, uh, it's one of those things that uh, the language, which is so foreign to most people, although everybody makes Hawaii their, uh, their uh, vacation spot, um, is, is, is sort of very vague, I think, in, 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 in the, the scope of it all. I think people don't realize that Hawaii was once an independent nation recognized by many international countries and uh, had its own monarchy. Uh, I think the only U.S. state that did. Um, so there's a lot of history um, that really has not been told. And there's a lot of education that has not been brought up to speed about uh, this tiny country in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's almost surprising in a few ways. I mean, on one hand, I feel like, you know, we're in a more progressive era with Hollywood than we've maybe ever been with the opportunities. So to have this opportunity, like, here's something, here's something that no one else has, and for everybody to shoot it down, that just sounds like the typical Hollywood story right there. Here's something different and new, and everyone goes, no. No, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> but, but you know, to, to your other point right there of how we see Hawaii, you know, I've never been there, um, but I hear about sort of the two sides a lot. You hear about the people who live there, who were born and raised there, and then you hear about the influx of just nonstop tourism and, and what that, you know, has uh, the effect um, on everything. I mean, not just the environments, but she's on the mental state. Like with a movie like this, do you sort of get, do you, do you see that you get the opportunity to start telling that part of the story uh, or, or if not, what is the story that you do want to tell? Oh, I think absolutely. There, there, there's, there's points in this film that John Fusco put together and John Fusco has loves Hawaii and he loves Westerns. And he found it uh, too enticing to kind of bring these two worlds together. And um, he, he's such an educated person and educated uh, writer on, on so many subjects that uh, he was able to, to find this story and, and create an incredible emotional through line and um, really tell, have the film set in a period piece, but with very current topics. Very, It's very relevant uh, to today. Um, and it also is educational in, in bringing to the forefront what actually happened in Hawaii at the time when the American businessmen illegally overthrew the Hawaiian monarchy. And it's been something that, is, that has been the local, the natives have been trying to uh, bring to the the international courts for a long time. You know, this is a, a very apparent um, uh, war crime in many ways. And um, it, it's, it's often not seen that way because I think the westernization of Hawaii has brought good times in a lot of people's minds. It's brought prosperity in the sense of materialism. And um, so it's a very difficult uh, struggle with, with, with people who were from that that country and that that older world and the new generations that are you know just growing up in the americanized uh perspective so that that that's that's the big struggle and it's an interesting um dynamic um with that 
um, there, there, there's, you know, a lot going on right now as we speak, you know, with the, um, with the Kanaka Maoli, as they say, with the, the Native Hawaiians and, and what the uh, um, reparations they, they, they're seeking. And, and I'm so glad the story is being told because like I knew about um, the queen and, and that part of the story, but beyond that, I mean, this was all, you know, a history learning lesson for me that, that was told through this beautifully told and entertaining story. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jason Scott Lee. And and it, just, it, it, it I don't know that spare thought you were talking about you know so many Korean speakers but I watch Korean movies and I don't speak Korean either so that's right you know. and, and 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 I think people people are, are very tuned in to to you know watching a movie and reading subtitles I mean I know my 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 kids are and so you know they don't care what language it's in it's just if 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 it intrigues them and they draws them in and and I think. You know, with, with films that are emotionally moving and 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 historically moving, um, you know, I think, you know, that once again, it's it's an educating factor. I mean, people, you know, can learn, and I think, you know, listening to like 
the great filmmakers like Martin Scorsese, you say like, this is what cinema is about. I mean, it is about that exploring new worlds and, and introducing, you know, the public and, you know, cinema goers to, so, to an, a new idea or uh, educating them on an old idea. Um, so I, I, I love that about our film. And then I love that, you know, I was so happy and, and, and so stoked to be a part of it and, and how it all turned out. And by the way, your performance, I, I should have complimented that right at the beginning, but you do so much with your face. You know, I, I noticed that a lot about your acting, uh, whether, you know, with Bruce Lee and the way you seem to have brought so much optimism to that character or on Doogie. And, you know, there's the aloofness that you get to play, you know, with, with the dad there. But but there's something about the wind and the reckoning. I mean, obviously, there's a heaviness that that goes throughout the movie. But it's it's told so much right there. And and I don't know how much you can tell about, you know, how you wanted to portray this character uh, as well. But but, you know, there's there's it shows a lot of range on your parts. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, sometimes I always look at it in the sense that as you get older, you, you hopefully get better. And uh, I think, you know, for me, this is one of the biggest challenges, you know, as far as uh, creating a character and 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 uh, speaking the Olela Hawaii, the Hawaiian language, it was so difficult. And it was the biggest challenge of my career, you know, and I've been doing this 30 plus years. And, and I can honestly say that that was hard to tackle. And um, just, I think, dropping into it, I think when you get older, your mind is stronger. Um, there's this really sense of, of your craft, you, you know, you know, have a sense of what you're doing. Um, a lot of times when you're younger, you, you're just, you, you, you have the bravado and you have the energy and you, you're just pushing forward through willpower. And I think as you get older in the sense of an actor, it's like you find the finesse, you find the sensitivity, you find the awareness of the, and developing the character on those grounds, um, much and much less utilizing that, that, that sheer youthful willpower. Um, it's, it's funny when I reflect on, you know, some of my past work and then, um, I'm really pretty pretty critical when it comes to um, portraying, especially a film of this magnitude, uh, with the wind and the reckoning. I'm just um, I felt that there had to have that that weight um, of the time period, the struggles, um, the simpleness, the um, um, the gravitas of the situation um, of life and death, and of fighting, really fighting for your life, and not not pushing the panic button. You know, just but just sitting with it and just riding out that 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 dilemma. Um, and I, you know, when you think about like, wow, you know, if you if you had to do that, if you really had to do that, it's like being in war, right? If you really had to do that and evade and and and, and try to overcome um, with constant, um, um, you know, someone after you all the time, I mean, that would really take its toll. That that you you know, you definitely have PTSD if you came out on on top of it, that one. Um, so that, that's kind of how I, I approached uh, <laughs> a lot of the, the circumstances and the time period, you know, you know, you're not looking at um, people who, who chatter, chatterbox a lot, you know, just, and you look at a, a very kind of quiet, sedentary existence, um, which was like pretty basic. Right. And, and you just still probably what's years into an hour and a half on top of that, you know. Right. That's 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 the whole thing. So was this I mean, you know, I, I was talking about Doogie, too, and, and, and the differences in these characters. And, and it seems to be there would be worlds in how you would approach these characters. Were these kind of at the same time that you were shooting these? 
Uh, no, Doogie was after we finished, after we wrapped um, the Wind and the Reckoning. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's about, I often look at, because I come from theater, and with theater, there's always styles. And there's a style of playing certain thing. And with a show like Doogie, which is much lighter and um, more contemporary, um, I, I try to create a, a character that's, that's much, how do you say it? speaking with a, a higher intonation, um, uh, keeping it light, keeping the energy kind of like, you know, not, not so uh, deep. And, uh, and um, yeah, so, so that's, Doogie has a certain style of, of, of play. And um, I started, you know, kind of toying with that things, those things with like, even with the dragon, with the Bruce Lee story, because I knew, you know, it wasn't going to be, um, uh, uh, what was that film with Martin Scorsese and, uh, where he played the, the boxer, uh, Raging Bull. Raging Bull, you know, right. yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew the dragon, the Bruce Lee star we were making was not going to be Raging Bull, and so there's a certain style as you know that yeah, that you that you play on or you play at um, for that film, and then much like the Jungle Book, you know, it's not it's not a documentary about a kid being raised in the wild, um, truly with by wolves. Um, so the, the, there's those licenses that you take as as an actor to create and try to fit in to the style of the play, and um, that it take you know it, it's everything from altering your um, the grade of your voice, um, staying out of your lower register for the most part, um, keeping it in the upper register, keeping you know the expressions more like a little more animated on the animated side. Um, the tempo is so different. It, it's just, it, it has a little more, um, uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, anxiety, a little more uh, nervousness in a way. Um, and so you kind of apply those little things here and there to try to make um, make it come alive and keep it alive because the, the, the contemporary attention span is so much shorter. So. <laughs> It's, you know, and, and that frenetic energy that that kind of comes from a performance like that. You know, talking about Doogie especially too, because because it, you know, for for you know, maybe it's more obviously more lighthearted than what we're talking about with the Wind of the Reckoning or even Dragon. But but at the same time, I mean, you all, I mean, there is some heartbreak that's always going on in that show. It's just, I don't know. I found it really a nice balance, you know, that that happened uh, over these two seasons that's played out and. And, you know, even the fun parts, which, by the way, uh, I think we almost got to see your DJ skills there. <laughs> I got a funny story about that. Um, so we, we're doing the um, we're doing the ADR, right? We're doing the voiceover stuff. And then and the guy in the sound, I'm in the sound booth trying to, you know, re-record this this whole uh, bebop thing. And he goes, OK, um, uh, can you beatbox? I said, my, I never beatbox in my life. I think I'm not that I'm not of that generation. Um, I was before that, and then he goes, well, you, you, "You don't know how to uh, just 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 do something." And I was like, I, "I really don't. I don't understand the concept." And he said, "Okay, boots and cats." I said, "Boots and cats." I said, "What's boots and cats?" He goes, "He goes boots and cats and boots and cats." I said, "Oh my god!" He goes, "Just do that." And then you know, it was like then that was like part of the DJ thing, you know, and. And um, yeah, I was educated. I, you know, I really, I was so, you know, so out, out of cue, I guess, with, with this kind of generational thing. <laughs> you've, you've learned the, the basic trick. Like, uh, I, like I, I know Boots and Cats. That's, you know, right, that's, yeah, see, right. right. See? 
<laughs> so I was, I, I was definitely educated in that. <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jason Scott Lee. So obviously you're not a DJ and you're not a beatboxer. Yeah. Do, you play, do you play anything? I play in my garden. <laughs> I've heard about that too, because what, you are a sustainable farmer? I mean, it's... It, it's... I, it was, yeah, I had it going on for a little while there. And then um, we, my family and I moved, moved to Singapore for about uh, four years. Uh, and we kind of had to shut everything down and sell all the animals and, you know, kind of clean, clean up the homestead and vacate it. And then... I uh, spent a couple of years in San Diego. So altogether it was like six years and then COVID hit. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, listen, listen, we have no resources in San Diego. I said, back home, we have rainwater catchment. We have for drinking, we have uh, all the gardens. We have a uh, wild pig running around that, that, you know, are free to catch. And I said, uh, I think it's my, at these times, they're looking kind of like, dangerous <laughs> and it was right in the middle of it too and i i, I had gotten COVID early like uh in march of uh um it was it 2020 um so it's right at the beginning and um that kind of just flipped the switch for us and we just kind of went Let, let's get out of here so we're back we're back in the homestead and um you know it feels nice and uh you know it's i'm back back in the dirt and and, and you know propagating everything again we we joke around about that around here because um you know i'm in kentucky i'm in louisville so i'm in a city in metro but you know i'm from a more uh rural parts you know country part and it's always like man if the armageddon never happens we got the farms <laughs> down there that's you know it's all my family's still down there i, I completely get that train of thought yeah I, I hear it's beautiful there i've never been to kentucky but i've seen photos like you said of hawaii you said of hawaii <laughs> we'll have to do a cultural exchange at some point hey. so, there you go. <laughs> I've uh, no, I know a uh, musician, Jack Johnson. He's he's in Hawaii, and yes. um, you know, we talk every you know year or so, um, usually on this type of thing. But uh, just hearing about, I don't, I don't know why that surprised me. How similar, like the farmlands can be between the two spaces. I mean, obviously, I have my image of Hawaii in my head. It's like right, you can do all of that there. And for some reason, it's, I mean, I think it is more idyllic though. You got that going on, so. Yeah, the climate, you can work uh, with it all year round, unlike the East Coast. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I do want to quickly hit just a little bit more on, um, it, because it is the 30th anniversary of, of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. And just thinking about, you know, it's, I, I think, I don't know, maybe it's the timing and maybe it's what you've, you know, kind of landed with throughout your whole career. But the way all three of these projects that we've talked about uh, with the wind and the reckoning, even with Doogie and and with Dragon the Bruce Lee story, because with all of these, you sort of do get to tell a cultural story, very specifically in each one of them. Is that I mean, do those is that something you seek out in a role? Do you find that that just really comes to you? And and maybe why is it important? Well, I think each project had its own impetus, and with 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 Dragon the Bruce Lee story, it was really about like 
doing the man justice and 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 conveying the that that effervescence of the man, the 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 lightness of being, and that that uh, also the tenacity that he had. Um, so that was it, and and bringing forth the cultural aspects was just a bonus. I mean, of what what he was actually trying to do for himself and and to share his culture. Um, so I, you know, one of those, those are the kind of things that you lucked out, but there were films that I've done, um, specifically to be a part of the culture. Um, Jungle Book for one was, was, was about, uh, being in harmony with animals and, 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 and sort of having this, this fantasy like, uh, idea of what that would be like. Um, and this, this communion with, with nature kind of thing. So a lot of the philosophies were where I, I enjoyed um, attaching myself to. And as well as uh, I did this film called Rapa Nui that, that Kevin Costner's company um, produced and Kevin Reynolds was our director. And, and that was uh, you know exploring my Polynesian roots, um, my, my Hawaiian ancestry. And that was like, you know, part of why I did it. And, and so many, I think so much of my choices are related to like how my upbringing and, and my, my heritage and, uh, and really like uh, wanting to explore those things because, you know, growing up in a Chinese household, which was primarily what I, I was raised in a Cantonese household, um, uh, that was like, I didn't grow up in a Hawaiian environment in that sense. So it was all around me growing up. And I, I had all friends who were Hawaiian and make Samoan and all different Polynesian backgrounds. But they, that was the thing that was like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't know that much about it. You know, we, we've kind of had been slowly immersed in it along the way by being raised in, in the islands. But, you know, it, it, when you want to like really get into it, it's like, it's such, it, it was such a bonus to have a film to be able to research and hang out in that part of the world and hang out on those, those you know, amongst the Maori, uh, New Zealand actors that were from um, Aotearoa, as we say, or uh, Maori, uh, the Maori. And uh, they brought in that, that whole thing when we were doing the film Rapa Nui. So I guess all those things. And, and then now, you know, coming to Wind and the Reckoning and, and exploring uh, even the Hawaiian side and being able to share this, the, as we say in Hawaii, the olelo, the, the storytelling, the, the story of uh, the Hawaiian people. Um, that is just, you know, from the heart. You know, it really is that those things and and even playing playing Benny Kamealoha, you know, just having the name Kamealoha, you know, in a character in, 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 in the Disney Plus show. It was like, I feel honored. I, 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 I feel like, wow, this is a chance for me to drop my little pearls of uh, uh, Hawaiian wisdom and, 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 and Hawaiian relaxation and, and all these kind of, you know, things that 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 we come up with and then dropping a little bit of pigeon English to kind of flavor it, you know, with, with, with that. Um, so the, the, it's, it's really, um, I think unlike any character that, that has really come out, I mean, Benny Kameloha, it's like, you know, I think it, it's unique and, and the first. Right. And, and I end up learning something every time I really do. And, um, and that goes even with, with Bruce Lee and that whole thing. I mean, um, just going back and watch it. I hadn't watched it in so long. And uh, and just kind of picking up those things, you know. Once you're older, you see things, of course, that you don't <laughs> see. But it is. I mean, and and by the way, it was just so impressive seeing that again, knowing that it didn't seem like you were doing an impression, you know. But that's got to be such a 
an interesting thing to do to play a real life person and to try to figure out what that balance is of like you want to play them but maybe you want to give something of yourself into the role what i mean for that one specifically what was that balance for you oh it's absolutely it was like i i had a really tough time off the beginning because i didn't feel like what i was being trained to do really sat well with me and my body and and you know with with the movement and things it wasn't what i i saw it was almost like I felt like I was doing karate and here was Bruce's Kung Fu, you know, it's like, and so in the beginning I, I, I kind of struggled and uh, it was a lot of pressure because I knew it, well, I wasn't on the right track. And then I met one of Bruce's students who had studied with him in the Los Angeles days when he was there. And uh, he brought a new light to me. He brought uh, the education of, of what Bruce's art was, what Bruce's uh, perspective was, what his philosophies were, and once I started getting the holistic understanding of it, then I went, oh, I think I got this. And that was the, the, the light bulb that went off. It was like, you know, to, to sit with all that and just the training was especially the training made you feel like, wow, you could fly, you know, and, and, and just the, the, the non-telegraphic efforts that was made, you know, like the, and how he, how he developed his speed. And there's all these all these beautiful like uh, pearls of wisdom that he dropped, and you know it was like speed creates power. I mean, if velocity, uh, speed creates velocity, velocity creates power, and therein lies. If you have speed, you gain your power. You know, it was like it's like the idea of sitting hitting someone with a pool cue instead of like you know a, a, a sack of potatoes. And it was like when that little pool cue, that little end is gonna hurt and damage the inside i mean it's just all those things that he you know and he has strengthened your fingers you know it's like strengthen your fingers because you never knew you know and this is like for people who are i thought i was always a small guy growing up in hawaii because there was all these samoans and these hawaiians and these big people around me so when you know as a little guy and in school i was like wow you know if i had known this it's like maybe i wouldn't be bullied so much you know it's like he was like you know strengthen your fingers because you just throw a, a quick eye jab and you're out of there it's like run um so it's all these um little things that that he came up with that were just you know um a part of like how he saw things so um that was just encouraging and then as as we went on he went on we went on and um um it became apparent like you know the emotional ride the emotional roller coaster of what he had to go through um it was a lot easier to to um, attempt, I think. Well, it's an absolute classic for a reason. Uh, a hell of a performance that you did there, and 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 so many parallels. I mean, you know, we've got. I mean, geez, Muhammad Ali is buried maybe two miles from where I am right now, and oh, and that wow. same philosophy. You know, the speed. You know, was all about the speed. It's it's you know just how the two worlds kind of yeah. have fun like that. Um. I want to quickly hit on too. Uh, I saw that what, of course, Lilo and Stitch is going to, that's the next one to do the uh, the live action. And did I hear that you're also going to have a cameo in that? Yeah, I, I head to Honolulu next week and uh, I got a little, you know, small, they they they, they threw me some bones and I, I said, yeah, I'll be absolutely. I said, in any capacity, I just wanted to be a part of it. Uh, so it's like a three day cameo and, um, you know, I think it'd be fun. Um, I, 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 I'm playing the luau manager. 
So, <laughs> and I'll get to see, I'll get to see the kid. I'll get to see the kid that's playing uh, my character that I voiced, uh, David. Kavena. And then uh, I'll get to see Lilo and I'll get to see Nani. So the new people, uh, the actors that are playing them. So it'll be fun. Yeah, that sounds like an incredible experience. And and just being part of that history, I mean, as you mentioned, going back to the Jungle Book and 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 you know, and and this era of Disney that we've been in with the with the live action remakes. I mean, I mean, how do you feel about them? Because you're you're part of it. I mean, you're part of that family. I mean, uh, you, you might see it differently on the inside. I don't know, but uh, but you know, we get this new versions. Well, as we were talking earlier about culture, you know, and 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 being a part, I really wanted to be a part of Mulan. I, I I was like dying to be a part of Mulan because my my children, you know, have Asian heritage, and and, and Chinese heritage. So it was like, you know, I, and I got I got refused. I, I got turned away from that project on my first like first two like Zoom like auditions. I did horrible. Like you know, it was it, things were dropping out, and then. And then, uh, you know, I, I, it was a hesitation when the, when the person reading opposite me on the other side of the, you know, in California was like, and it was like, it was, I was, I couldn't get into it. And um, then they came back, like, I'm like a year later or something and said, Hey, you know, uh, we'd like you to read again. We modified the character a little bit and like, Oh, really? It's like, Oh, we got another chance. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I take it for what it is, you know, it's like, you know, they 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 have an agenda of what they want to see and how they feel audiences are going to respond to it. And I don't have that that collection of data, you know, to go off of. I'm, you know, as an actor, you you you're pretty limited in your your you know power scheme. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's nice to be selected and nice to be recognized, or and it's nice to have recognition for your work if it's good work. Um, you know, knock on wood, you know, just the memory still, still intact. <laughs> you can do your line. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, and just to be able to tell these stories, to continue to tell these stories as it goes along. I mean, that's been such, as we talked this entire time, you know, such a big part of your career and your work. Uh, and I'm grateful for the things that, you know, you've, you've taught me throughout these decades and just for the great performances that I've been entertained by. And, um, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about all this today. Great. Nice to meet you, man. And my thanks to Jason Scott Lee. Uh, the Wind and the Reckoning is one of his latest films. We got a lot going on after that. It's what it sounds like. Thanks to Jason. Thanks to you for checking out the episode again. Uh, I do hope you hit that subscribe button while you're here so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. One of my latest shows had the music of the DBs and the Black Keys, Janelle Monet and Genesis Owusu, The Clash, Poets of Rhythm, De La Soul, Pearl Jam, Leon Bridges, Ass Ponies, Paul Westerberg, and Tom Waits. Uh, that's just a few of the artists that I play on my show every weekday at 6 p.m. on WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also find me on the old social media spots, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. 
big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Say big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.